Then, Nickelodeon brings you Video Comet. Characters come to life in a format that encourages children to read along. Welcome to another episode of FW Presents, the omnibus show for the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm Rob Kelly, and with me is our pals Siskoid. Hello, Siskoid. Hi. And Chris Franklin. Hello, Chris. Hello. All right. And we are here to talk about vintage newsstands. Now, why were we talking about this topic? Well, what inspired me was, and I've mentioned this on Fire and Water a bunch of times, is that there is, or I should say was, a newsstand in my neighborhood, the Voorhees News and Tobacco Shop, which I have been shopping at since I was a kid. And I have many great memories of buying comics at this store. That's the store I got my vintage uh, spinner rack from. I bought it right off the floor in that place. And it, it was it's a you know a beloved place for me. And so a couple of weeks ago, I got inspired to head on over there and pick up some comics because it's the only newsstand uh, that I know of in the area that still sells comics. So I would stop in every time I was near there and buy a couple of comics just so they could make a couple of bucks off of them. And they were inspired to keep selling comics. And so I stopped in and I was heartbroken to see when I pulled up, there's a giant sign in the door that says closed for real this time. And, uh, uh this Ooh. was, yeah, this was, this was a place, this place has changed hands I don't know, like more times than like the Star Trek comic book rights have changed hands over the last couple of <laughs> decades. I mean, it's just it's but it's always kind of kept the same basic name Voorhees News and Tobacco, Voorhees Tobacco News. It's always been some variation of those three words, but that's a murderous name, some murderous. <laughs> exactly. Some murderous. Yes. Name. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I was saddened to see that this is probably going to, you know, maybe this will be it. And like maybe the store will be converted into something else that's not a newsstand. And that made me very sad because. There are no newsstands around anymore, now officially. And so I wanted to talk about the Voorhees News and Tobacco Shop because I had a lot of great memories from there. So uh, Siskoid and Chris are here to join me. They have memories of buying comics at newsstands. The first place you ever shop at, at least when I was a kid, was the 7-Eleven because that's the first place you can get to on your bike. And like they had comics in 7-Eleven, and that's where I bought most of my comics growing up. And then as I got older and I would be with you know, in the car with my dad or my mom. And anytime there was a newsstand, I would say, hey, let's stop in. Can we stop in here and we'll see if they carry comics? So I would stop in the Voorhees News and Tobacco Shop not too long after we moved to New Jersey, which was in 1979. And this place was, had everything. It carried digests. Uh, it didn't carry treasuries because by then treasuries were pretty much gone the way of the dodo. But it had magazines. It had digests. It had regular comics. It had, and it had carried like Charlton's which, like, no newsstand ever carried or Charlton. <laughs> so, like, this, anytime I could get my dad to take me to the Voorhees News in the Backer Shop, I would because it just carried everything. And I bought Justice League of America number 200 there, the same, mm. copy, the same copy I still have. Uh, I, I just, you know, I have so many warm memories of buying comics at this place. And over the years, I kept going back. And, and it's just, it makes me so sad that, that it's gone. So, look, guys, like Chris, like, you know, you, I guess, bought comics at newsstands as well? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, in this small town that I, that I still live in, my hometown, uh, there, you know, there was no comic shop, obviously. Although we kind of briefly had a sports card slash comic shop during the speculator boom of the, the 90s, very briefly. But uh, when I was a kid, uh, I, I visited several, uh, mostly pharmacies, that had comics. Um, but the one that was my main place where I got my comics – 
Uh, it's still there. It's up the street from my my childhood home where my dad still lives, Eastside Pharmacy. Unfortunately, today they don't carry comics. Um, they carry very few magazines, actually. But the, it's still the same magazine rack that the comics were on. It's still there. So ah. if they ever, if they ever get rid of that thing, I'm gonna have to buy it <laughs> <laughs> because they carried they carried everything. They carried. Uh, you know, they carried the the Marvel magazines. They carried, uh, the, of course, regular comics, digests. Uh, they did have the treasuries because I remember I bought uh, for I know for certain I bought the uh, the Marvel team up uh, treasury that that the Spider Man that they did that it scared the crap out of me as a kid and and the Superman two treasury I bought there I know for certain oh. and uh, and then later on they had they had Charlton comics which. When you said that, I'm like, well, they had Charlton there too, which, <laughs> which blew my mind. But um, later on, had Now and Image Comics. So yeah, they, they, uh, they carried pretty much everything. And what was really cool about that place too was they had rack toys. So they had the cheapo, oh, you know, impulse item toy. They had a whole aisle full of that stuff. Brian Hyler is so excited right now. That said yes, that. Brian Hyler is just like rubbing his hands together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, I mean, so I could go in there and grab a comic, uh, a zero candy bar, and a, a you know a pop, and 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 a balsa wood airplane for you know a couple bucks. <laughs> Good times, right up the street from me. So <laughs> it's always yeah. I mean, it's it makes you feel like an adult. I'm Siskoid. I assume you have something similar experiences. Yeah, well, I wanted to take part in the show because I know how you enjoy, uh, you know, what what was happening in Canada. <laughs> I do. <laughs> My Canadian adventures, uh, although although some of the, those adventures take place in Texas, but. Uh, my hometown, Edmonston, New Brunswick, uh, where I thankfully don't live anymore, had these, well, had like a strange nomenclature when it came to these uh, newsstand, convenience store things. Uh, a lot of them, I think, were like born in the space age. Uh, we had uh, my very first American comic I bought at uh, the Astral Smoke Shop. Oh, which is what a name. <laughs> and that's it was just a normal this where my mom bought cigarettes i guess you know and she gave me the 75 cents to buy a, a canadian to buy dc comics presents number 59 with the substitute legion and ambush bug uh which was and that that's where really i started buying american comics uh we we had a place called apollo news which which had a rocket ship right on the right on the front on the uh, insignia at the front which was Obviously, a reference to uh, the moon landing. Anyway, it, it was it, that those were the kinds of stores that we had. And when you went inside, it was just like a cramped convenience store with just happened to sell a lot of newspapers and magazines and uh, you know candy and you know probably porn cassettes. You know, it, it was th those kinds of places. And I think one of the you know my my main memory, even though I did like Riss, I, you know, I bought comics in pharmacies and like you, I, I've gone to a Seven Eleven and bought comics, uh, when I spent my summers in Texas. Um, I have an issue, my issue of, uh, Ambush Bug number one has Slurpee juice on it. I bought it. <laughs> it was like that when I bought it. <laughs> I got home, opened, opened it. It was like, there was like this pink, this pink stuff on it. I, it's still the only copy I have. Uh, <laughs> Awesome. But I used, yeah, I didn't have a bike, and I've never driven, really. So uh, it, to me, it was this kind of pilgrimage 
to not only the fun thing about newsstands and what we lose with the comic book store, we gain so much, but what we lose with the comic book store is, is the idea that you would look for these places, mm-hmm. find a new place, uh, walk in, find they do have a rack. They don't have the same comics as that other place. Yes. Uh, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a thing of discovery. It, it you know, it, it, I guess it's the equivalent of rummaging through quarter bins or, but it was like the, the newest comics were perhaps hard to find and you would miss issues and uh, you, you would be trying to get to the store before anyone else could get that whatever issue that you wanted. So uh, I remember I had like this trek to Apollo News. It was like on the same long street. I, I, you know, it was a town of 10,000 people uh, and I walked everywhere. So you would walk along the, the, the street to eventually you hit Apollo News, which is a good walk. And then... Uh, then fine. But then I noticed, Hey, there's a convenience store on the way, just like on a side street. Uh, it was called Jack and Jill's and I walk in there and I guess they don't really have any comics. So I just go around the store, which was very, very cramped. And behind there was a comics rack, just like the one column against a post, which you couldn't see from the door. You really had to go behind and into this little dead end alley inside that, cramped little convenience store and that's the only place they had suicide squad it you know i found them like number four was my first issue and that was like a series that i specifically had to go to jack and jill's to get that so you know that kind of that kind of they also had like these ugly ass french comics uh like from quebec it was like ugly amateurish superhero ripoffs of the x-men i i never bought any of those but you know, they had those. It's the only place that had those. Just like the uh, Astral Smoke Shops had those Charltons uh, that I never bought because all the ink would get on my fingers. Uh, <laughs> it's so cheap. And then, you know, so I went to Jack and Jill's, then Apollo News. Then I they opened a mall at the very end of that road. And so I would walk all the way there to get to the bookmark, which was like a bookstore that had a comic book rack. You know, it, so it was only, it was always that kind of... That kind of thing. It, it was like a, a discovery, a journey of discovery. And a lot of my 80s comics are, you know, I just have the single issue of whatever series. Or I had like, you know, I, was, I would try things because uh, there are emotional eaters. Well, I was an emotional comic book buyer. <laughs> if came back from school, felt blue, which was like pretty frequent. And would just like take a walk with the, the 75 cents in my pocket or the 83 cents with tax. Uh, exactly, and then I would buy the you know the first comic that hit my eye at one of those places. I, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the idea of uh, a journey of discovery because yeah, that that yes, we can't. No one can make the argument that comic book stores are not a better thing for for comic book collectors. At the same time, you know, yeah, there is some something lost when you know what you're going to get because you know it's there. Uh, I remember buying an issue of Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. At a newsstand, simply because I'd never seen it at any other <laughs> newsstand, and it was like it was like, ooh, this is rare or something, you know. And like, I would normally never be interested in Sergeant Fury, but I never saw it, so it was like, oh, okay. And this, the Voorhees News and Tobacco, like I said, they carried Digest. Seven Eleven didn't carry them. So when my dad would take me to the Voorhees place, I was like, oh my, oh, there's this whole other format, and I bought my JSA. Digest, which is the one Shag and I talked about on the first episode of Digest Cast. Like, I still have that same book. Like, I literally bought it off the shelf for 95 cents, and that's the same copy I have. And it was just, like, just seeing 
the the amount of choices laid out in front of you was just so like thrilling. And when you're a kid, you know, like the Voorhees was just far enough away that I really couldn't get there on my bike. It was I could if I really wanted to be industrious. Uh, which I probably should have done. You mentioned being an emotional reader. I was an emotional eater and reader, so I probably should have gotten more exercise when I did those things. But, like, you know, it, it was just so such a fun thing to be able to, like, discover. And I did buy Charlton's. Again, mostly because of the novelty. And, yes, horribly cheap. But it was <laughs> it was just like, oh, fighting war, fighting Marines? Okay, well, I already got Superman. I already have Batman. Now, like, did you guys, any of you guys ever hide comics to buy later? <laughs> I did that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. and- and and in fact, one time, um, I'll, t- I'll tell this story. I was going to save it for Digest Cast, but I'll go ahead and tell it. And oh no, you're going to get had... hit again, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't get hit. No. Okay. All right. uh, but no, no. Uh, but uh, one time I went. Uh, it was like a summer, and my dad. I don't know why we were out of, you know, sodas at the house, and and my dad's like, you know, go up the street and and get me, you, and your sister uh, a pop. And so he gave me some money and, and I, you know, I don't know, I was like 10, 9, 10, probably 9 years old. So I walk up the street and I go in and I've already picked through the comics that week, I thought, because at, one, at some point I was in there so much right after school on, I think they got the comics in Tuesday. They started letting me just go through the comics as they unbundled them. Oh, cool. And I would help them. Well, you got uh, four issues of Detective, you know, and uh, three action comics, and they'd write it. The one lady would write it down because the owner, Ron, who was the head pharmacist, he was he liked to keep track of all that stuff, and so she'd write it down in this little ledger that what they got in. And I don't know if he kept track of what was selling or not, but uh, a later story I'll probably share today. He, uh, I think he did, but anyway. Uh, so I walk in. I'm the you walk in to the door, and to the right was a big Pepsi machine. There's I think it's still the same Pepsi machine that's still there because <laughs> it's the old school Pepsi logo and everything. Wow. And uh, over beyond that against the far wall was the magazine rack. So I'm, you know, getting ready to put the coins in the pop machine. And I just look down and I see, and you'll probably know the number, Rob. I should have looked this up. It's a DC Digest that's uh, Batman Family. It's the feature. Okay. Right. And I uh, can't think of the issue number off the top of my head, but I'm like – Oh my God, what is that? <laughs> so I walk over and I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, I, oh God, I don't have any other money on me. I, I could, I, I could hide it, but it's the only one here. Somebody will get it. So what do I do? <laughs> I take the pop money and buy a comic book. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, you know, I had hid books before and I've had them there. I think I had some kind of unseen arch enemy there. Uh, that kept coming behind me at the time and, and, and grabbing the books I had hidden. So I didn't want to take the risk with this one because uh, it was Batman family. So uh, I come home, and then, of course, I get a, 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 a decent chewing from my dad who's like, you know, I gave you money to go buy that, not the comic book. <laughs> but my, my dad was pretty cool. He didn't, like, you know, you know chew me out too awful. He just gave me the, the talk, and he said, here's another, whatever, dollar fifty. Go back and buy the pops, like I told you the first time. Oh, nice, <laughs> so, Dad. Yeah, so I got the dressing down, but I got to keep the comic and got the pop. So, you know. <laughs> good, good deal, good deal all around. You know, I mean, yeah. That's, 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 yeah, I, it's it it made the, the first time I was getting to go to these places. It made me feel like a grown up because you know you get to you get to kind of get to go there on your own. You get to spend your own money. 
you get to make your own choices, you know, like you just did, you know, you know, you get to like, and that's the stuff I enjoyed. I mean, I, I got to like, Oh, Hey, I pick a, you know, up until I was, you know, you're seven or eight, you're still just being dragged along by your parents and mm-hmm. every purchases you make are, you know, under their aegis because they're the one giving you the money. But once I had enough money to go to a newsstand on my own, I was like, Oh, I could spend, you know, I have $5 or I have $4 or, you know, whatever I can, you know, I have to learn to budget a little. Do I, how badly do I want this digest? This digest is ninety-five cents versus the comic being fifty cents. But the digest is twenty, you know, twenty pages. That kind of thing. Oh, and I can also get a Slurpee, or I can get a whatever. You know, it, it, it's you. It's the first steps into being a grown-up. A little, you know, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, I can get make my own choices, and it's all very, very exciting. And um, I remember another uh, thing that I remember from the Voorhees store was um, in the mid not the mid-80s, the early 80s, I did something really bad. I don't remember what it was, but my parents were punishing me, and, of course, my ultimate, their ultimate punishment was no comics. That was the punishment, because they knew that would hit me the hardest. You know, like, oh, let's, we're not going to let him watch TV, eh, or whatever, or we're not going to make him let him go outside, fine. But no comics, that was the real painful, you know, thing. And, you know, in the age of newsstands, once a comic left, it was gone forever. You know, like you could never, you yeah. know, I didn't know about comic stores. So it was like, if I didn't buy JLA number 227, it was gone. It was gone forever. And so there were three issues of JLA that I was like, I was going to miss. And I couldn't live with that idea. I was like, I can't, I can't bear to live with that idea. And so I took all three issues. I bundled them up and I put them behind like a porno magazine or something because the, because the, the new, the Voorhees sold porno. And I told my friend, Steven, who didn't have any money on him at the time to go back and buy the comics. And he would store them at his house until my punishment was over, which he did. And so after my punishment was over, he handed me like four issues of JLA, which was actually very exciting to read them because it was a four part story and I got to read them all at once. So it was an exciting thing, but it was like, you know, in a comic store, you can't really do that. I guess you could, really, but it's a little harder. In newsstands, you know, I'm. Did you? I mean, you talked about Chris that you, you know, had a decent relationship with the with the vendor. Like Cisco, did you get to know any of these people, or were they just blurs, sort of? Oh no, I I have no idea who they were. <laughs> I was pro- pro- probably too shy to to you know to uh, interact right. uh, with any of them. Yeah, uh, I think one of the things that it's more about the era than the 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 newsstand you know venue really yes. but th- that whole idea of budgeting and you know, I would I you know I would keep I will I would always keep enough money after uh, getting lunch at school to go into town and buy that eighty three cent comic and that that was my thing will I have eighty three cents at the end of this how much money do I have to bring with me to make up the 83 cents that I will need to buy random comic, you know, a ROM space night, a star yours, <laughs> <laughs> one of those things. Uh, and, and so the idea that the comics were so cheap, really, even though they might be a, a large sum for, you know, in a, in your budget, in your allowance, it's not like today. I mean, you you could just take off and you could f- scrounge up 83 cents. For me, it was 83 cents. For you, it was uh, no doubt less. But you could scrounge up that kind of money to buy that one comic that you could find. Uh, and today, that would mean, what, 3 4 $5 that mm-hmm. you'd have to scrounge up? 
uh, it, it's not the same. You, you would not even have that that spirit of discovery that we were talking about because you would not be buying just any random comic, not mm-hmm. for that price. Yeah, uh, you're you're much more selective today. Uh, back then, so I don't know what this is, but you know, uh, Nick Fury. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's it's just the sixty five cents probably at the time, or the or even less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's completely true. I was going to say, you know, you guys were talking about the discovery and and aspect of it, and you know, where I had that kind of sweet deal later on at Eastside Pharmacy, I, I found myself not having to do that as much, but occasionally, just because of newsstand distribution. It was weird. It's like it never made any sense to me. Like, why isn't All Star Squadron at the store this month? You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, where did it go? I was here when we unbundled it. Why didn't they send one? You know, that type of thing. So, I mean, stuff like that would happen. Like, um, there was another place in town, and I think I mentioned this on Who's Who years ago, but um, there was a place in town called Thrift Market. It was a, you know, gas station convenience store. And they did have comics. Uh, it was a little bit uh, f- too far away for me to walk. The the well, it wasn't so far as it just the highway it was on. It was dangerous to walk on, and no sidewalk or anything. So, uh, I didn't go there on my own steam very often. But I remember one day, I was coming, um, went to school, and they called off school because of snow. And so my mom came and got me. So I'd, I'd been to school about an hour, and then my mom picked me up and. It was big snow coming in. She said, well, I better stop and, you know, get milk and bread. (laughs) Oh, God, there's snow. So uh, We're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're going to be eating each other. Uh, So (laughs) we went into the thrift market, and and, uh, I look over at the comic racks, which the comic rack there was different than Eastside. Eastside had the comics on the bottom tier. It was a three-tier magazine rack, and there were sub-tiers within those bigger tiers. And uh, the comics were on the bottom, and then you had, like, your regular magazines, and then you had your porno mags up top. And uh, the porno mags were hidden behind some eh, kind of borderline softcore stuff, I guess. Uh, and But at this thrift store, everything was on one rack at the bottom, and the comics were right next to biker mags with half-naked chicks on the cover. (laughs) So I always felt weird, especially with my mom standing over my shoulder, even getting near those things. Uh, But I found that day, and I still remember this, I found All-Star Squadron number 31, which is the big all-membership issue that proves Earth 2 Aquaman exists. That's right. Shag. That's right. Shows every member of the All-Star Squadron. And I bought that that day, and I still remember it because it was a snow. I got out of school. I found that comic that kind of changed my life <laughs> and got to come home and go out and play in the snow. So uh, it was a, it was just one of those great days that uh, you just sticks out in your, your brain that, you know, that was a good day. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's a super exciting. I love that comic. Cause yes, that's got Aquaman in it. That was, that's a very exciting moment. Even though I was yeah. older, I was like, still, that was very exciting. I, you know, I have to admit that like, We've talked about on Fire and Water and even on Digest Cast and other things. Like, I am a big advocate for, you know, getting comics sold in other places than comic stuff. Sure. Comic uh, stores. Uh, Targets and Walmarts and grocery stores or whatever. Because that's where kids are. Kids are not walking in the comic shops. That said, I can't really advocate newsstands kind of still being a thing. Because have either – now, Chris, I know you worked in a comic shop. But have either one of you actually worked in a bookstore? Oh, no, no. 
No. Okay. Um, N- neither, really. Okay. I actually ended up working at Eastside Pharmacy <laughs> when really? I was in high school. Yeah, I did. And they okay. still had comics there. But yeah, uh, but no, I never worked at a, at a, I worked at a comic shop, but not a bookstore, no. Okay. Because I, I worked at Borders for several years. And on my, on, on in some of my less fortunate days, I had to handle, swap out the magazines. And, you know, that is an F ton amount of work. Just handling all those magazines and keeping it all straight and sending them back to the publisher for credit. Like, running a newsstand is a lot of work. I mean, a lot of work for probably not a lot of return. So I can, I sort of, like, I can understand why newsstands have disappeared. Because obviously with, you know, everything is digital now. That, you know, nobody really reads magazines anymore. And that's what's happening to comic books. So it's like, I miss... I'm I'm going to miss the Voorhees News and Tobacco stand heavily, but I can't arguably be like, oh, that's so unfair. It, it's just the time. It's just the changing times, you know. I mean, running a mm-hmm. newsstand running a newsstand looks like a lot of work, and so, you know, I'm I, I feel bad that that's just the way you know society has turned, but. I, you know, I can't be that broken up about it because it's just, you know, I, I imagine just even carrying the comics is probably a lot of work. Keeping track of all those and like, you know, hey, did we even did we even really sell this issue of Kevin Keller? I don't know, because maybe it's stuffed behind a biker magazine. I don't you know what I mean? Like so much of your clientele are kids, too, that are probably not treating the stuff with. I mean, in the, in the places that you guys bought your comics, like were the were they in decent condition? Because like I that was one of the things I liked about the Voorhees News and Tobacco was that they didn't they had spinner racks, but most of their comics were on shelves, like you've mentioned, Chris, and so they were in yeah. much better condition. And even though I was a kid and I wasn't like a condition freak, it still bothered me when comics were at Seven Eleven and the spines were broken and they were all flopped <laughs> over. Like that <laughs> used to really bother me. Like were the the books that you guys get were they halfway decent, like minus the Slurpee juice? <laughs> Slurpee juice. Uh, yeah, no. Well, it depends on the place. Exactly. There's there's places where you're jammed in that metal framework, and then right. uh, very few places where you know in Edmonton had the shelving, just like standing up on a shelf, just like they do in comic book shops now. Uh, so yeah, it, it depends. I've never really been a condition. Uh, freak, and then when I got home, I never bagged them. I didn't. Ha- I didn't box them. None of those tools were available to me, so they just right. went into a, a drawer. Uh, I had like this wall. This was like a. There's like a built-in cabinet inside the wall in our house, and I would just, you know, each each drawer would have certain collections uh, of comics eventually. But I mean, they're just inside a wooden, a rough wooden uh, drawer. So they're not getting any better. And then we shared a lot of comics. I, I was like in a, a group of friends where we would share comics so we didn't have to buy everything. And somehow I did wind up buying most. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, no, I had friends who would like pressure me to buy certain comics. I really want to read the why are you buying Power Pack? <laughs> don't read that because I don't want to read it. Uh, you know. Uh, you should be reading Legion of Superheroes because I'm interested in that. And that's how I got into Legion, really, in, in a way. So so thank you, person. But then when he later read all my power packs, he went, uh, you have any other power packs? No, they went like direct market. What? Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? You, you've been on my back to drop it for since forever. Uh, but then, yeah, you had that. That was the thing with the as the direct market grew. 
the newsstands kind of lost some of the comics and Legion and Teen Titans and all that became reprint books of the you know their Baxter series right. uh, about a year late so you were reading of like the crisis crossover a year late what, what? <laughs> uh, and it was very confusing and some comics just like disappeared off the map and you knew they existed they were at the back of who's who you know they were announcing where you could find those characters and you saw covers that you could never see at the newsstand uh, so there were limits and eventually you know uh, now it's a place for Archie you know, Archie has uh, cornered the uh, yep uh, the market at, at the uh, grocery store and yep. and other places. So because I, to me it's it's like it's like it's it's a cycle because it's for me because when I was a kid I could only read in French and the comics uh, that I would read would be already trade paperbacks. I would buy these big jumbo books at the pharmacy which had uh, black and white reprints in French of. You know, various, very, very, various comics. You'd have like a, a story of the Flash next to House of Mystery, next to uh, Fantastic Four, next in the same book, next to the Phantom. You know, it it was like these reprints from the seventies, and they they came in these huge books. And then your mom would go, "Oh, that's, that's like a five buck book or whatever," and you you'd get those. Just like most of my reading early on was Tintin and Asterix and other Euro comics. You know. If, French albums, which cost $7 a piece. Mm. I would go to church, and my grandmother would reward me for going to church with her with one of those books that we would buy at the, the Woolworths, which is like uh, like a Sears right, right. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Uh, so those were expensive comics that you could not buy by yourself and that are still you know in very, very good condition today. And they're basically graphic novels and mm. hardcovers. And, uh, and when I found... You know, when I could read English and then I found the the spinner racks, that was a, a financial revolution that I could buy a comic myself and derive satisfaction from it rather than all those very expensive, granted, thicker and better quality books, more pages, uh, you know, that I was used to. So and and today, well, I would buy trades more often than uh, than floppies, obviously. So it's it's come back <laughs> in a way. <laughs> But yeah, my childhood was really like expensive comics, and that's I think that's a, uh, a French language reality. Chris, what about was your stuff in decent shape at least? Well, the stuff at East Side was, but there was one store in town that I occasionally went to. It was right on the edge of town, as far as I was allowed to go on my bike because he had to cross a bridge, and <laughs> and uh, that the other side of that the town was a little rougher. And so that was my cutoff. You can't go any farther than this store. It's convenient. Uh, was it like an it abandoned? Wasn't... Was like an abandoned carnival there, run by the Joker <laughs> or something? <laughs> but basically, yeah. Uh, but no, it was a convenient. It was actually called convenient. How how original of them? Uh, <laughs> and uh, they they had the only place in town that you could get an icy. Uh, we didn't have a Seven Eleven. So, but uh, so me and my friends would go down there occasionally. And I was in there one day and and. Uh, I was I was flipping through a book and it was one of the issues of the Phantom Stranger miniseries that uh, Paul Kupperberg and Mike Mignola did, and uh, I'm looking at it and you know I flip through it and I'm like ah, I don't know I'm, I think I'm I think I'm gonna pass and I put it back and uh, so I go up to the register and I think I'm gonna buy a slurp uh, icy or something and this this old this old mean looking lady's like where's your comic book and I'm like uh, what comic book she's the one you're looking at uh, oh I, I'm not gonna buy it. I'm tired of you kids coming in here and, and tearing them books up. 
I know you boys been in here coming in here reading these books and throwing, just ripping the covers off and throwing them back in there. You're going to go over and buy that book. Go pick up that book. You're buying it. And I'm like, uh, okay, because, <laughs> you know, I didn't expect it. I didn't know what to do. I went over there. I plumped down my money and walked out, and I, I, I felt just, you know, abused, you know, <laughs> verbally abused, and, and my friends couldn't believe that happened. And I went home, and I was all dejected looking, and my mom asked me, what, what's wrong with you? And I told her. Buddy, my mom grabbed me, and we got in the car. Oh, <laughs> she no. Drove, she drove down there, dragged me in. It's like, did you make my son buy this comic book? Well, uh, yeah, the, them boys been coming in. Have you seen my son in here messing with your comic books? No, it's like, you give him his money back, and you take your comic back. <laughs> was, my mom laid the smack down on that old lady. I tell wow. you right <laughs> So you don't mess. You didn't mess with my mom's kids, man. No, certainly not. We've now heard enough story. For any, you know, by the time everybody hears this, they'll have heard the second episode of Digest Cast, which features your story in the feedback <laughs> about getting slapped uh, for, for starting of trying to pretending that there was a fire at the school. So, yeah, right. your, your mom, man, that's a mess with Mrs. Franklin. That's heavy stuff. Now. <laughs> Cisco, right. Cisco had mentioned the direct market. Like, did you once you guys discovered comic shops, did you give up newsstands? Like, did you just were like, all right, well, this is much better, forget it, or did you kind of blend over? Did the two blend together? Originally, they blended together uh, because the the first comic book shop was really more of a hobby store, and it was across uh, the way into the U.S. So I had to go to Madawaska, Maine, uh, which was just wow. a, you know, it's, it's just across the the river, but um, build a wall. It, <laughs> uh, but it was like there's a very nice lady who opened up a hobby shop and I think she was mostly trying to sell to uh, train set enthusiasts uh, but we went in there and ordered role-playing games and miniatures and uh, and and she had like a comic book wall and you know you could get that's where I got the killing joke and you know comics that you couldn't get elsewhere but it was only a supplement you, you had to go there by car and we had to you know it had to be a trip. So, um, so I still kept doing that. And then when I moved to Moncton, where I am now, there were, there was a comic book store. Somebody introduced me to the, or a couple of comic book stores. So that's where we went. I mean, uh, I don't know if any convenience stores really had comics and the comic book stores were great. So, uh, I just transitioned to that and that only. Well, um, I, I kind of did, I was still mostly newsstand even after I found the comic shop because the, the nearest comic shop was about an hour away, and uh, you know I had to be in the big city, and uh, <laughs> I had to get somebody to drive me there. So we we didn't go that often. We went you know two or three times, you know maybe a year, maybe a little bit more. And uh, so at at first I, I didn't, and then uh, my sister started dating a guy that was into comics, and and you know he'd occasionally go, and I'd you know run up there with him go to the comic shop. But I still bought quite a few off the newsstand, and it, it's kind of funny because. Uh, when the Death in the Family storyline came out, Ron, that owned the Eastside Pharmacy, he'd heard all this. He'd seen it in the media that, you know, they're killing Robin and this book's going to be a collector's item and all this stuff. And so he asked, he was asking me about it. And he's like, you know, would you, would you like to have some more copies of that? He said, because I think I can get some more copies in here. And I, I said, oh, yeah, sure, that'd be great because I thought I was going to be rich, you know, from this copy <laughs> of Batman number 428. So, uh, so he got, I don't know how he got it. I don't know where he got it. I don't know if he, he, he got a contact through diamond or capital or, 
or he got it off a comic shop, but he got in like, you know, whole cases full of Batman number 428. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what he did with his, but I, you know, I bought a certain amount. I think he, he basically wanted me to guarantee I'd, you know, buy so many. And, uh, and I did, and I've still got, uh, you know, I don't know where I got the money, probably mowing yards back then, uh, this before I worked there, but I still have like probably 10 extra copies of that book floating around <laughs> here somewhere. Wow. But, you know, so he was, it's kind of interesting because that was kind of blurring the lines between the, you know, the getting into the collector mentality and uh, at the newsstand even, which was, which was really odd, but yeah. And, you know, it was not too long after that, I started working there. But by that Death, point, because Death in the Family was one of those, like the first trade paperback I ever saw. It actually was at newsstands. Yes. So you know, so readers that wanted it in the at the newsstand could get it. I, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I remember that one, um, the Secret Origins trade paperback, uh, and the uh, first Death of Superman trade paperback oh, were really? all on the newsstand at Eastside Pharmacy at one point. So. Wow. Huh. Yeah, I didn't know any of that. That's really interesting. It makes sense, you know. I mean, if they could do digests and treasuries, there's no reason why you can't do it. And those were certainly like very popular items, huh? I didn't know any of that yeah. stuff. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I did the same thing. I mean, once I discovered comic shops, it was great. But you know, yeah, I had to get my dad or my mom to take me there, and 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 so therefore I couldn't count on it. And so you know, but I could go to the new, you know, the Seven Eleven and Voorhees to go get Justice League or Star Wars or the the real staples. So. Yeah, that's what I did. So, yeah, and then eventually the newsstands faded away. And, you know, like I said, I kept going back to Voorhees every so often. I was so pleased that they still carried comics. And I even, at one point, I even told the, the guy at the counter that I was buying comics because I wanted him to keep telling them. And I don't think he could have cared less. <laughs> he was just completely indifferent. But, I mean, I, you know, I still, I bought a couple RG Digest. In fact, I have a couple sitting here in a drawer as I'm sitting here uh, talking. So, I, you know, I don't know. I'm going to go back there and. That, that that store is not really well situated to be anything else. Although who knows what could happen. So I may be hoping that they'll turn it over to some other but somebody else, and they'll just kind of keep it as a newsstand. But maybe not. So I may have bought my last comic book there. And every so often, there's an if I if I drive by a new newsstand, the one that I'm just not familiar with, I, I think about poking my head in just to see if they carry comics. And if they do, I, I will always buy some. I, they never do. And I've never seen one that has, but. Hope springs eternal. So, you know, so, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I have to say about the Voorhees News and Tobacco Shop. I just, you know, I, I just, I felt like it was appropriate to to uh, say a few words about it here on the show. Because I really probably wouldn't be a comic book fan or as much of one if, without that store. Because that was really a chance to buy lots of great stuff and, and it's, it's stuff that stayed with me. So, uh, I think that's pretty much going to be it. Guys, do you have anything else you want to talk about with newsstands before we wrap up? I just think there should be a plaque put at the site that said, Rob Kelly bought his <laughs> copy of JLA number 200 here. <laughs> I, maybe we'll get make it like a historical landmark or something. You know? Right. I, that's, I, I think that's not – I'll look into that. I'll talk to the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> see see <laughs> yeah. how that goes on. So, all right. Well, uh, guys, thanks so much for coming on to talk about this. This is kind of like a weird little flight of fancy, and I, I didn't necessarily think I was going to do it because it was like, well, do I want to devote a whole fire and water to this? But now that we have FW Presents – uh, this is perfect. So thanks for coming on and, and talking about newsstands with me. Oh, thanks for having us. It was fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. And uh, you can follow this, find this show, and of course all our other shows, Siskoid shows, and Chris's shows, and Ryan shows, and Shake shows, and Zoom Zoom's show over on the network, which is Fine Water Podcast 
com. So I guess uh, thanks everybody for listening and go buy some comics. See you guys later. Bye. What do you think, Yet? We ought to nuke Russia and let God sort it out. Well, or at the very least, send Dr. Manhattan over for a visit. Know what I'm saying? Now, that's just my opinion, but I'm a news vendor, you know, so I am informed.